Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Little Witch Academia, which we'll be getting into today. I'm your host, Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Steve Zeck. Hello. And April Collins. Hey. And Dylan Heisen in spirit. He's fine. Don't think anything negative, uh, but... He could, yeah, he couldn't be here. Um, he's, um, he's in Susie's mind right now, so oh, we'll be yeah. back next time. Um, (laughs) so as you all know from the title of this podcast, today we are continuing our Little Witch Academia coverage by discussing episodes 8, 9, and 10. If you have not kept up with this podcast series, feel free to stop this and go check out our previous podcast recapping episodes 1 through 6, which you can find on at OverlyAnimated.com. So let's get into these episodes. We have Akko's Adventure in Sushi World, which we kind of talked about a little bit. Uh, where Akko dives into the mind of our favorite mushroom lover. We have Undead Travelogue next, where Akko, Sushi, and Lotte bring back the dead. And we have Bee Affection, <laughs> where the three friends sneak into a party and release a Cupid bee onto all the party people, which they've been up to a lot of things. They've been up to quite the adventures um, despite the entire series, all 25 episodes, not all 13, but all 25 now available on Netflix, we will only be discussing things up to episode 8, so no spoilers beyond that point. And before we dive in, Steve, you are our Little Witch Academia expert. Is there any news from the world of Little Witch Academia that you can think of that you want to let the oh. listeners know? Oh, well, so you already mentioned the rest of the series up on Netflix. Well, I recently purchased um the little witch academia like guide guide collection a kind of a kind of a sort of an art book from japan i'm still waiting to get in the mail so maybe by next time maybe i'll i'll have it and i can talk about what's in it it's pretty much all japanese text in pictures so there's no i can't really understand what they're saying but uh, outside of that there's really not really much news uh, except uh, except for more Trailers for the video game are out, and we found out, um, let's see, that more playable characters, we found out pretty much, you know, Amanda, Jasmine, and Costanza are playable, and we just found out, just hot news, Diana is also playable in this game. Woo! To all Diana lovers like myself, that is great news, despite the fact that I don't have a PS4 to play it on. It's for PS4, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, oh well. So (laughs) let's get started going around and giving our overall impressions of these three episodes. So April, how do these episodes stack up against the previous seven for you? Do you think the show is improving? Are you liking what you see? I really, really liked these three episodes. They were a lot of fun for me. And like, I found myself super engaged in them. Um, which I mean, like I've been engaged in all of the episodes up until this point, but I just found these like really fun and like, you know, I guess we're kind of like taking a break from like the seriousness and like, but we're still really silly at the same time. So, uh, I really, really enjoyed them. Um, I don't make me pick a favorite because I, I couldn't, it would probably be the Susie one. I just really yeah. loved that one. <laughs> but you guys already know that Susie's my favorite character. <laughs> um, so, 
or she's been like, you know, consistently a top contender. Um, so I really enjoyed like Akko's adventure and, and Susie. I thought that was super fun. Um, the undone travelogue one with the, they bring the pirate back to life. I thought that was hilarious. And then it was really sweet how like they tied it back into like Luna Nova and, and everything like that. And then the be affection one was a party. <laughs> like it was an episode about a party and it was a party. And I was like, like, I was like, yes, this is great. Like, please cause all of the mayhem. It is, it is the best. So I, I really enjoyed these last three episodes for sure. Like top notch for me. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Steve, what did you think? All right. Well, I agree. I love the, uh, the Susie episode is what I've been waiting for a long time. Um, it's so hilarious. And her, I must compliment her voice actress, you know, in any version, did a great job. I, I did, though you will want to check out the English version too, because her voice actress, um, Rochelle Hagar, does a great job with all these voices in this episode. Um, episode nine was okay. It was funny too, but I, if I can just pause for a moment and just, uh, and just be, Stop pretending to be someone who hasn't seen the whole series. I got to admit, though, episode nine is probably my least favorite episode of the whole series. Really? Yeah. So, and also, it also doesn't hurt the fact that I love episode eight and ten. So it's kind of in the middle, like between two episodes that are really great. But nine is a good episode. More so than the I, dragon episode. Mm, yeah, it's all to your opinion. Maybe so. Uh, I don't know. It's bottom. It's bottom tier, but that's okay because every episode of Western Game is is great in its own way. But I'm just letting you know if uh, that's my bottom tier, it can only be a hint of what greatness is to come. But yeah, it was still a fun episode. I really thought from well, that guy was a pirate at first, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a t- period of the times. Um, I do. I just it was nice to learn about the um golden age of magic. We'll get and, into it. We'll get into and, it. And for yeah. episode 10, that was the shifty moment. I finally got my Dynaco, my Aqua Diana moment. And you got to admit one thing. I don't know who's to blame more for the mayhem. Do we blame Susie or do we blame Hannah and Barbara? Because if it wasn't for Hannah and Barbara trying to antagonize Akko and just let left well enough alone, she wouldn't have crashed the party in the first place. So really, it's all their fault. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss whether or not they're uh, in, like, if they're secret shippers or not. We'll discuss that. Yeah. Oh, um, also, um, there's no towards in episode ten towards the end. There's a lot of uh, gay representation. We'll, we'll get into it, Steve. Don't get ahead of yourself. We'll get into it. All right, but I love them all as as usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, I really enjoyed these three. I thought that. I think the show really started to hit its stride in terms of just that slice of life storytelling that they decided to go into that, that type of storytelling. I feel like it really hit its stride with these because all three of them can just stand on a, on their own. You don't have to see any episode. You can just pick one of these three and just go, Oh, I can get what, what the show is about. And they don't have, sure, they don't necessarily move a particular plot forward. But, like overarching plot, but that's okay because they're they're really well done. Yes, I agree that Undead Travelogue isn't the best of the three, but I feel like it's a nice. It was still really. It wasn't. If it's not amazing, it was still really great. Um, so I really enjoyed it. And 
Yeah, they ju- they're just like, I was surprised when I first saw these, uh, because the first six episodes, I was a little worried. I thought, okay, these the short films, I, I, ha- I saw this potential. The, fir- the first six episodes, I was a little underwhelmed a little bit. I was like, okay, I, I, I kind of see what you're trying to do, all right. And then these came and I got, and I went like, all right, I can get behind this. These are fantastic. Let's go. I mean, um, up when it had only been 13 episodes, I was like, but these are like, we're like three episodes away now. But it, it, it was <laughs> fine. It was fine. And it's all good. And for anyone who's worried, we have now the next 13. So you can just dive into those. Uh, yeah, Beatrice, just to clarify a few things. Um, I think you meant before this, the first seven episodes. And and there's 12 more after the first 13. It's 25 episode series. So. No, yeah, yeah. I was talking about, but when I when I saw those, there was only 13 uh, on Netflix when I first when I watched. Them. I I know, but I'm saying the second half is 12 episodes. There's not 13 more episodes after the first 13. There's gotcha, just gotcha. 12. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Fact checking, fact checking. Unfortunately, so that people tap, don't attack me on tap. online. Thank you, Steve, for <laughs> fact checking, because of course I would I want I would want that to happen. <laughs> but all right, let's break down each episode one by one. Episode eight, which again, as I mentioned, it's my favorite of these eight that we've gotten so far. And like Steve, I have seen all the episodes. And I think I haven't. No, I won't say anything there, but I will say that this is for me, if not my number one ranked episode of all of them, it's definitely up there. So like, I love this episode just to give you an idea how much I adore it. So, so Beatrice, you're talking about like I am, you're talking about someone who saw the whole series. Yeah, 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 yeah. As someone who's seen the entire series. Okay. Up, it's, if not my number one, it's like my number two. Like I adore this episode. So, <laughs> just to give you guys an idea that I'm going to be very biased when we talk, when we're talking about this <laughs> Like, very, very biased. So, let's talk about this. I mean, how deep are we going to go? Are we going to go all Freud in and talk about the id, the ego, and the super ego in this? Because I feel like we could. We can make a very interesting like reading. The ego, the super yeah. ego. I like that they, like, broke down, like, all the, the, like, this into the smallest little bits of, like, a personality. Yeah. Like... You know, like, oh, this is the, the CC who in, who thinks small animals are cute. And then this is like, like, they're just so like minute things that are like defining these tiny little CCs. And I just thought that was really like, I thought it was really interesting in that how like, I guess like the cuter aspects of like a personality were being executed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it just gives you an idea. Enjoy- yeah. Of how. Yeah. And then I enjoyed like the whole drive in cinema thing, like where they showcase her memories. Like, it's like, we're just making sure you guys are all on the same page. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, in case you forgot, this happened. I, I, I wouldn't say that it necessarily has like a really good, like, uh, moral behind it. Cause it, it would kind of gave off that impression, like, you know what? It's okay to squash things about your yourself because if you don't then you'll become a monster and I was like oh no I don't know if that's the message you want to send to people (laughs) right right but there is that that question you know because there is that balance I don't know if it's because Mm -hmm. where do this how do the the sushis multiply is my question like do they just appear (laughs) because maybe you get rid of one but then it comes back you know what I mean so like the the the, you get another one that's more powerful and stronger than maybe the you know it's like, it's like the rules of how this world Whoa. and the physics of sushi's mind we don't exactly understand so i won't go right. so far as to say that they're truly gone forever 
But uh, Aku's uh, desire to protect all the sushis was a kind endeavor, even though it did blow up in her face. I was like, I, it, I get where really you're coming did. from. Like, I appreciate you, but no. Like, Sometimes the ego's got to put the super ego and the it into place, you know? But yeah. let's talk but, yeah. about these sushis. Let's talk about, like, oh. which one stood out to all of you guys? Uh, Steve, oh, which oh. one stood out to you? Oh, man, that's so hard to choose. Um, uh, let's see. Um, one time, like, the ones that just had, like, one line to just funny gags or ones that actually had a lot of dialogue. Um, one of uh, the one that had major roles, um, I really liked the, um, the, the, the drifter, the, uh, the drifter Susie, the hippie Susie, the one I gave him the lift to the, uh, yeah. movies. I don't know if she had many words to say, but she's like a, a art house guru, it seemed, personality. Um, I did love, I did also like the Hollywood celebrity Susie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and, um. What else? Uh, there's so many Susie. I love them all. The oh, the hyper Susie, the uh, impatient Susie. Like, don't go there. Yeah, yeah. She is so me sometimes. And um, I do want to bring up one thing though. Um, when I saw the Nightfall episode, the Lottie episode, I knew probably a Susie was going to get her own episode, but I was a little concerned because I didn't think Susie is a character that can be a main character of an episode. She's she's not really a straight person, and here they did a brilliant job of able to give Susie her own episode, her own focus. But still, Akos is really the main character of this episode. She she is the uh, main character in Susie's world because I could, I think Susie's the type of character. I just she's just too goofy to really just be to be like the straight man of an episode, if you know what I mean, right? Right. Well, I wouldn't say goofy. I would say she, she there's this air to her. There's this mystery to her that if you know too much she's kind of like you know it's kind of like one of those it's kind of like a villain that you don't quite necessarily want to know everything about them you kind of want to keep that air of i don't exactly have you figured out and i don't think i want to figure you out because i I, like i'd rather not know yeah i'd rather not know exactly i don't don't see her as a villain more i see her reminds me more of like a character like janna from star versus the forces of evil that type of character in terms of reminds me of a bit. But the thing I really loved the best, though, had to be the film. The homage to the old-style cartoons from, like, the 20s and the 30s. And just me, but the shape of Akko's face in that movie didn't it look a little bit like Mickey Mouse. Oh, totally. It was a total oh, reference yeah. to those characters. I mean, this episode like, was full. It was like a real tip of the hat, like, too. I guess, like, old school, like, anim- like, I say animation, but, like, cartoonery, yeah. I guess is a better word. It was very much like an old school, like, like it, they were just like, here's our tip of the hat to you kind of thing. So I thought it was really, I really enjoyed that. I liked it. I like. I also liked that there was, like, I guess, personality behind, like, her memories and how she, like, how they're stored in her head kind of thing. Like, I was like, yeah, I guess my memories would be cartoons, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I could yeah. pick. <laughs> and I love that moment where it goes into the art house kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it's, like, kind of like a Carol type of moment where I was just like, kind are of, you yeah. making fun? Like, it's kind of like the Tostino's thing from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I was just like, what are you doing? And like, are you doing this? And How just, did this come to be? <laughs> exactly. And it just so the jarring switch from art styles I found mm-hmm. so hilarious and perfect. And, I mean, 
I mean, we're going to go into references. Like, there are so many nods to things in this. Like, I saw a Jedi. I, I saw a Terminator. I saw... I saw the, just just when Aku's, like, tapping her foot later on in the episode because she's so impatient about this, like, elderly sushi talking to her. That, that's, like, straight <laughs> up from, like, Bugs Bunny. And I just, like, it's just those little... Like, details. I don't have patience for you. Like, like exactly. It's just... What like, I- you know, most of those influence type hats seem to be Western influences. I'm sure there were some anime influences there too, but oh, totally. I, I saw Godzilla in there. Yeah, so, well, that's mm-hmm. not anime, but that's Japan, but <laughs> close enough. No, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if it's Western, like Eastern, I definitely saw a bit of both. But yeah. um, I just I adore when animation does that because I feel like that's something that it doesn't really work as well if it's not an animation. Like, I have yet to find, like, something that's so referential that everyone can just get both visually and auditory. Like, it, I, it's something that's so uniquely in anima- animation that I just adore. But um, let's talk a little bit more about the trial. Because we've talked about the movie, right? We, she, Akko needs to find the sleeping sushi and she meets the devil and the angel which by the way we haven't really talked about what did you guys think of the devil and the angel sushi i loved that the angel and the devil mostly because i enjoyed that they were essentially the same person but one had like good intentions and the other one had bad intentions but it never seemed like they were not on the same page they were just like oh yeah that's just the way it is haha like yeah that's the way it is and i was like you guys are like, what was the point? Like, you could have just had two devil Susies or uh, or two angel ones and called them like good, and it would have been like the same thing. The same thing. Like, <laughs> said, which I said to the angel Susie, "Are you sure you're not the devil, Susie?" Right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Like, I really, I really enjoyed that. How they were just like, eh, in Susie's world, they're both the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting though. Um, this episode really main references are two things: Sleeping Beauty and Alice in Wonderland. And interesting, the original Japanese version was title episode title is Sleeping Susie, and this, the American Netflix one is Adventure in Susie World, which is more to Alice in Wonderland. So I just I found that unique that they they that they were able to do that. I think it also. I think that might be because I mean. The Alice in Wonderland reference, like the the, it's there, but it's not as overt of a thing as say the Sleeping Beauty. So Sleeping, I kind of prefer the Japanese title. And now that I'm thinking about it, I do too. Especially because like the like the episode is very much like not. It's not. I wouldn't call it like very like um, Adventures in Wonderland esque because it's not. It's almost not. You know what I mean? Like. I get like it's the same concept and the idea, but I don't. I think in the way that it was executed, like I, I wouldn't have put that the, like two and two together if it wasn't for that title. Like yeah. if you had just called it Sleeping Susie, I would have been like, oh okay, like this is a really fun episode. Like I never, like I don't even think that I would have like thought to reference it to like Alice's Adventures in Wonderland or whatever. Um, so I think it was just maybe kind of like a way for the whoever to sort of be like oh this is what we're trying to get you to get from it mm-hmm. but not really so maybe like, maybe that's the reason for like the name switch possibly i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah netflix everyone who titled those episodes some 
and sometimes you can miss translations or you know that's sometimes some of the episode titles in the series Japanese titles you know when you look on wiki Wikipedia they're different from the Netflix title and this is one example right right well uh, uh, for just the sake of clarity I'll just go I, I'll take the Netflix as the official title but for anyone who's interested in looking at a more direct translation of the titles, you can go on Wikipedia and read them there. And let's talk about this monster, this adorable, innocent monster that we I, I thought was so sweet. I was like, oh, look at her giving, giving Aqua flowers, which, okay, <laughs> here's an idea. Sushi likes Aqua. Like, here's, a, that's an idea. Like. That this episode supports it. Like there are various mm. moments, not just with the monster, which kind of I feel represents like the id. That's more the instinctual kind of like impulses that Sushi has. And then I don't know, like that maybe that's why she wanted her to like get gone because she just didn't want she didn't want to deal with that. You know, like you could easily make the argument that Sushi has like feelings for Akko, especially mm. given the end. It's like there's. There's there's some truth to that with this episode, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd chip it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any any girl female relationship on this show, I'm behind. And even if, even if it's not exactly my ship, I've always support. You can always have more than one partner. So the more the merrier. All about. <laughs> all right, but all right. So how, did you guys like? Did you see it coming when like? She was going to, like, maybe not necessarily that she was going to turn into this, like, giant dragon thing. But did you, like, see, like, okay, Akko, this is going to backfire on you super fast. I, I thought originally. Uh, oh, yeah, but you go first. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, like, honestly, I really just kind of did it. But, like, it was, I guess, like, an interesting turn for for me to see it, like, this. Uh, monster to sort of, I guess, form because I just thought it was going to be just one of those nice, like, oh, like, here I am, like, like here's Akko getting to know, like, Susie without her really knowing kind of thing. And then it was just like, oh no, here's a monster. And I was like, eh, okay, let's go for it. Like, <laughs> I always feel like I never know what's going to happen with this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought at first, totally kind Susie, so called, I was. Wait, when she first appeared, I was waiting for like a punchline when she trying to give Aqua flowers that she was gonna do something nasty, but but she was interrupted by those police susies. So I wasn't exactly fully trust that she is as kind as she as Aqua thinks she is, because you know, being Susie and all, you can you never know with Susie. She is a mystery. She can turn things around just like that, and and I did think um. Yeah, the monster Susie, uh, that was awesome. Um, it's very scary. But, but the part <laughs> I like the really funny gag, but it's kind of dark, was the execution scene. Oh, when yeah. you see all these Susies, <laughs> when you see, think all these Susies are being being beheaded, but then you found out it was just practice. It was just practice, and no one was beheaded. <laughs> like, yeah. not actually. <laughs> my Seattle Rick and Morty it's type of humor. <laughs> Yeah, I I was very surprised by that because even just even though it wasn't actually them doing it, the fact that they they let you think it was even for a second, I I just thought like, wow, that got really gory and really deep very fast for (laughs) this type of rated show because it's 
yeah, there's always, there's, from the beginning, there's always been this kind of element of danger, but it's never, it was never, it doesn't make sense that the the darkest that they'd go would be in the episode you where you go into Sushi's mind. Like, that would, of course, that would be the episode where they'd take full advantage of it, right? That makes complete sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't argue with that, so. <laughs> so, all right, we have this dragon chasing after Akko. Akko's looking for this room of uh, trying to find Sushi. And then the room's number is 666. Really? Look, look, I am sticking with this theory that Sushi is a vampire. Like, she sleeps like a vampire. There is a scene with Lotte, which we'll get to, because poor Lotte. Like, I feel like that's going to be a reoccurring theme with the show. It's just poor Lotte and what she has to go through. But <laughs> Poor Lotte. When- she, there's a point where she's literally being like swung and she's upside down like a bat. Like her, she's got fangs. Six 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 is the room. Like she's she's like a lot paler complexion, like very pallid. Like she's a vampire, you guys. I'm like, sticking to this. Sushi is a vampire, and the blood is mushrooms. I guess. Like, maybe she mushrooms. mushrooms. Maybe she mushrooms is substitute for blood. Um. Speaking of numbers, I'm um, just one thing I forgot to point out. You know the the car uh, they were drove the theater in. You know the license plate number it says LWA zero zero eight, which meant you know the Little Witch Academia episode eight. Oh, that's cute. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Neither did I. I just noticed it today. I just noticed it today in the rewatch. I've seen this episode so many times, and just now I fig- I, I noticed it. That's that's the beauty of animation. They they can put as much detail as possible, and you can get something out of it each and every time. But let's talk about the let's talk about my favorite part of the episode, the part that made me go, "This is the best episode ever," which is the Sleeping Beauty reference. Like they went full on there. They they had the dragon, they had the 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 sword, the shield, and the Akko, tower, the tower, the thorns. <laughs> Akko being like super ripped, like guys, Akko's like mega fit. Like she can run. She she's the energy has to come from somewhere, or at least her energy means that she has to have the muscle to deal with it. So I am all for like a super buff and ripped Akko. <laughs> she's hitting the gym, you guys. She has to. How else can her body keep up? <laughs> but what did you guys think of that whole sequence? I I, I don't know, like. I got, I remember just being really frustrated during it, especially whenever she's like talking to the, the older Akko, or not Akko, but Susie, I was like, oh my gosh, can we please? No, like, I just need this continue to continue. Like, can we just keep going? Like, the monster's coming. I can't do this, you guys. <laughs> like, it, it like, it like, like hit my anxiety levels like just right. And I was like, uh, no, can we not? Like, I hate whenever this happens. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe it's because it's very, like, reminiscent of, like, work for me. Because, like, I'll be on the phone with people. And I'm like, I'm like, can you just tell me what your problem is? I don't need to know everything else. Like, <laughs> like stop telling me about your day. <laughs> yeah. And see what you think. Oh, I loved it, too. This intense action scene. This, I, th- I agree. I think it's the first, like, episode in the series that really had this much action. And it had to be in Susie's mind. But and, and yeah, and the uh, and the old lady Susie was hilarious. Um, keep asking. Um, but I have to mention though, you guys though, if you haven't, when you're done, you gotta check the English version of this episode to, to hear the old lady English version of the old lady Susie. See, it's just hilarious. 
I, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either the dub or the sub. Yeah. Like, they, both actresses did a phenomenal job. And if, yeah, if I, it isn't clear before to any, like, if anyone hasn't seen <laughs> the episode and it wasn't clear before, every sushi you see is that voice actress. Like, she's doing every single role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. It's both great. Um, the, Of course, the different, though, I think in translation, though, to get the full gist of the voices, it's better for us, for us English-speaking people, the English version is probably, you get, it's better trans, better transactions because in Japanese, it's just, for me, at least, it's just a very, very variation of a Japanese voice. And I'm sure to the Japanese audience, it's like hearing different voices. You get what I'm trying to say? I don't know. Like I, I, yeah. can, I could sep- I, I can yeah. kind of get what you're trying to say, but I guess because I'm just used to listening to Japanese voices, I, could, yeah. I, I, I heard like the differences in what she was trying to do. Like for instance, that like yeah. super uh, artsy sushi sounded completely different from the sushi we know and love, and and I don't know. I, I the old li- the old sushi I found to sound different. Like I don't know. I. I I, get, I see where you're go- coming from, but I, I also don't... I wouldn't sell audiences short if they do want to listen to the yeah, Japanese one. I'm, like, I'm, it's, it's noticeable. I'm not. I'm not either. And, and, of course, and of course, for us, people who watch anime, like, all the time, it, we probably get it. I'm just talking about the casual, like, I don't really watch anime in Japanese people. I'm just talking to them mainly. Gotcha. You know, like, gotcha. you all use Netflix is after. Gotcha, gotcha. And... <laughs> did, Okay, when when the kiss scene was gonna happen, did you guys think it was gonna happen? Like, did you like look? All right, so no. the okay, no. No. this is the, okay. Here's the thing: it, the reason I truly think Sushi actually likes Akko, the moment that Akko thinks, "Oh, this is just friends," so like we're just friends, so it doesn't count, right? And by right. the way, the dragon is in the background, like blushing, wanting it to happen. The shipper and Sushi herself. <laughs> yeah. It's only when Uncle thinks this that Sushi gets mad and says, "Don't you dare!" So I mean, th- come on, like she 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 got <laughs> mad is because Uncle was just gonna laugh it off. Like I am going to sink with this ship, whether I like it or not, because it's gonna happening. <laughs> She's chosen her I, vessel. I never <laughs> saw it that way, but. <laughs> Points, good points. I never saw it that way. I just didn't think it was going to happen because, you know, Susie would, you, of course, Susie would wake up just before the good part happens, just to, you know, kind of be a bother to Akko because she's Susie. She loves to make things as hard as possible for Akko. But yeah, but now you know, yeah, I saw those heart scenes in the end by the monster Susie, and it kind of, it would have been awesome. And this is a anime, Japanese thing. They don't have the same type of restrictions that in the Western we have. So I, I don't know when, but I just I just expect it. I just expect the unexpected in this episode. Right, right. And let's talk about out, what's going on outside of Sushi's head for a second. Because, oh, look, dude, like I just, she suffers <laughs> so much. So, Poor so sweet much. angel. <laughs> <laughs> you vote for her roommates. Both, both Akko and... <laughs> Susie calls her so much things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when in the beginning of this episode, and I'm really glad they did this. They did they did this before Akko even jumps into Sushi's head. It's they actually said, "Let's go get a teacher." And in a lot of these instances in these episodes, 
They, they don't, don't go get a teacher. They don't even think about it. They're like, okay, we got to solve this. Where it's like, <laughs> no, someone's life is at stake. There's health they issues involved. Re- get an they adult. They try to really be hard to, to be responsible students. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> like... The same way, episode six, when they, when, when they were trying to hide from Diana and Frank, um, I'm an Akko. Go, go have, have Diana fix this. She, even though she might give you, she might ber- she might yell at you for causing the problem in the first place. Just do it and make things easier on yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's always something <laughs> that I find frustrating. Because to be honest, like I've never met like uh, when I was younger, I never met anyone who was like, "We have to hide this from people." It was always like, "Oh God, I'm scared. I'm gonna get an adult." <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to see. And again, let's just take a moment of silence for Lotte because she suffers so much. No, let's not. But let's move It may not have happened. Let's move on to episode nine, since I think we've covered a lot of eight. And this is an episode that I guess, Steve, you're not a fan of? No, I like the episode. I'm just saying it might be my maybe number 24 or 25 on my favorite Little Witch Academia episodes of, of all time when I rank them. It's nothing, you know, it's just nothing against it. But some episodes got to be at the bottom, you know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's a, it's a doggy dog world. Some episodes got to be at the bottom. <laughs> it's just more. It's more of a case of how much I love episode eight and how much I really love the episode that comes after it. That maybe it's it kind of suffers a bit in terms of my enjoyment of it because I know what it follows and what it pre- and what follows. Maybe it. maybe its placement is wrong. Yeah. Like- yeah. Like, and also, it, it would do better if it was like placed differently yeah. in the in also, the series. Also, second episode in a row without Diana, so I was a little uh, crusty about that. That is true. I, I didn't think of it that way. Oh, like, I was. I mean, o- that, I mean, I was okay. Yeah, I mean, that kind of just shows you how badly her cat- characterization has been so far. Where I was like, I didn't mind because yeah, this it, it was better story quality for me. So I was like, all right. I literally didn't notice until you you just now said, oh, that was. The second episode in a row without Diana, and I was like, "Really? Oh, maybe I guess you're right." Like, huh? And then I was like, "Like, I moved on." <laughs> My poor. You know, I like yeah. Diana. It's just like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think this was a really important episode to have because we need more episodes like this that cement that friendship between the trio. Because for yeah. a lot, for like up to up to eight. I didn't, until eight, I guess, I didn't really understand why these three were at least as close as as the show's presenting them to be close. At least based on, like, the opening of this show, like, the opening sequence, they seem to be, like, the best friends, like, going, uh, like, through everything, they'll stick together. And up to this point, I didn't really get that. So I really like that they're taking the time, at least with episode nine, to go, this is just an adventure that they're going through. And it it's not going to be focused on their friendship, but it's just one of the many things, one of the many adventures that they have. So it will sell. it's kind of selling that friendship to us, which I feel like we still need more of. Like, do that, does that friendship, like, up to this point, is it working for everybody? Uh, I think it's getting better as the season goes on, but I agree. I think episodes, like, you know, where it's just the three of them, like, really, I, I say mean a lot, because in the way that, like, you know, you have to 
establish that like this is the core group of friends and you have to find a way to do it and so generally you have them go on adventures and I feel like up until this point we you know we haven't had too much of that I mean we've had ones and like they sort of like force it on us that like it's these three together but then there's these other people too like who like like rotate in and out of the group and so I like these episodes because you're establishing something that you've been trying to force but haven't like solidified so I like seeing them go on these adventures together versus like it's us and then whatever random character we've decided this week like (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah um I can't agree with you too. So I didn't have my problem with Akko and Latte and their friendship from the series. Always been Susie up until episode eight. You had the question: Is Susie really care about Akko and Latte? Is she really their friend? Is she really evil? Episode eight really establishes answers that question. That deep down, Susie cares about them. She's not an evil person. So I kind of agree with you. These episodes are very big. In terms of setting up, making sure we know that they're friends. Right, right. Well, okay, Steve, tell me what for you doesn't work with this episode. Or at least, because there must be something that you find lacking for it to be ranked so low in your list. Like, why? what is it that keeps it from being as enjoyable as the others? And don't say it's because the others are so much better. You have to actually pick something out. Okay, okay, okay. Let me think. It's going to be hard here. <laughs> well, it's just that um, maybe because I've seen... So many times Akko and friends get in these capers that I'm kind of, that, you know, it's kind of numb to it. It's, it didn't really have any, like, sort of spice in this episode. Nothing that really made it stand out. And I say that in an episode in which the dead is risen, but, you know, didn't have sort of gimmick. Like, the last episode, because you had Susie's mind. Episode before that, you had the fish. Episode, episode before that, you introduced this a boy character. And... Episode before that, you kind of you kind of gave, made Amanda and friends more of her characters. Episode nine just seems like you know it's just a standalone. It seems more of a standalone episode than the others, and that's all. Um, what else? Um, I did think. Um, I didn't understand. I thought the whole the the joke the joke about the guy saying um, he wants to avenge, get revenge on somebody against somebody that got. That went a little too long for my for my liking, but yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Um, not a bad episode. I just now I also I just wanted to show you guys though that I am not a like little witch. I can't be like someone who just sees no flaws in the show. That I'm not an objective person. You know, I love the show, and. This episode kind of proves that. I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Fair, I'm a fair. Person, I can break it down objectively. You know. All right. Well, April, what worked in this episode for you in particular? Uh, I don't know. Just the three of them together for me. Like, like I, I was saying before, I just really appreciate that. Uh, I don't know. Getting to see that dynamic, like outside of like school and everything like that. So. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so you guys in like the 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 story with the pirate didn't connect with anyone. Like I thought that was so sweet. I was like, I thought it was cute, but like, like there were other things going on in the episode that I was like, I wanted to hear more about. So, <laughs> what other stuff? I, what other stuff? I think they had well, more, yeah needed more screen time. 
Like, yeah, like I, I wish that like I don't know they had kind of like hinted at more so that like the the principal was like connected to the pirate. Like we really didn't get any of that until like the end. I wish they had kind of talked more about what was it like the homing beacon kind of things or whatever. Yeah. Um, like because that was like the opening of the episode, and then like it just like it was just very very like background. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, there's one thing definitely just stood out. I just remembered is I think this episode definitely hints that the principal, she knows Ursula is chariot. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't even like, like, I was really expecting her to say something whenever, like, she, they were like gathering all of the the little, um am, like, amulets or whatever. I don't remember what they called them. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but like, because Akko's was her, her card. And so I thought for sure, like, the principal would say something, you know, to Ursula about it. Like, oh, look at this one. Like, haha, you know, like those those huge hints that we've been getting, like, up until this point. And then it just went very like, oh, we're just gathering these items. No one's going to say anything about nothing. Like, and that's it. So well, didn't she say, didn't she say, like, oh, look, is was it is it like she said something about the card to Ursula. Like, she said, like, how cute. And then pause. Ursula and that cringes. And no, and but like, I kind of like that. I like because the show has been so obvious with the whole Ursula chariot kind of thing that I appreciate it not hitting us over the head with, oh, hint, hint, wink, wink, Ursula chariot there with the I same think, person. I, I think if you're going to like, if you're going to pre-establish hitting us over the head with it, then you should just continue that. Too. Like you okay. might as well. It's It's sort of like, Oh, you stopped doing that. Why? Like, you've already basically told us. You might as well continue to basically tell me because, like, I'm not going to question it. So just put it in there. Well, in, in real life, if you knew something, you're just talking to someone, you knew that, you wouldn't just blatantly just talk about it in everyday life because you don't really need to. But they haven't really, like, talked about it in everyday life up until this point. They've just, like, hardcore made it obvious. So, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, okay. All right. Well, then let's talk. Okay, we something that is very important in this episode is that we do get to know a little bit more history about the magic of this world. We do get to know about the golden age of magic. What did you guys think about that? And what do you hope to explore in regards to that, Steve? I know that you were excited about this. Yeah, I, I kind of want to know um what what era was this golden age of magic, and when did it stop? Um. How 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 old can witches live to be? Can can some of them live to be like two hundred years old or something? I mean, is that possible? And we don't know. We haven't know. gotten a whole lot of the mythology. Well, I, I don't <laughs> even know how old the the headmistress is. Yeah. So that wasn't made very clear. So so I don't know magic. That like that's magic. The answer to everything. Magic. Magic. Yeah. But it's also like. Because, you know, what, like, time period are we in? Do we even know that? Like, oh, because... Oh, it's, it's 21st century, Dan. They have apps and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they talk about that, but, like, everyone dresses like it's not the 21st century anymore, so... I, uh, I that's the point Luna Nova, though, is a very traditional school, and Akum often comes ahead with their traditional ways. Well, but even you know, in the town, though, like, the people oh. are still very, like, I say old-fashioned, but, like, you know. 
It's like, oh, we just got outside the colonial period, you guys. Like, we're discovering what what corsets are. (laughs) Scandalous. Very true. Which is a nice segue. Let's get into episode 10 because... It does, that episode doesn't really help with what place in time we're at either. Because a lot no. of the fashion in the party... Like, I understand Akko, Sushi, and, and Lotte's dresses being kind of of, of, other, of another time. You know, it makes sense for <laughs> them to be dated. But everybody else's was kind of not of, like, recent... Fa- I'm not asking for high-end but fashion, even, but, you know, a little even, bit of our style, you know? Right. But even, uh, like, I would suspect that if anyone was going to have a more, like, trendy... We'll use the word trendy, uh, yeah. uh, like, clothing, it would be Akko because she grew up in, like, the non-magical world and stuff. Yeah. So I would think that she would be more with it I guess like but it just seemed very much like it was very like old school and like here we are in our dinner party and we've invited all of the 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 neighbors who live five miles away and like, <laughs> <laughs> let me entertain you with the piano like <laughs> well feel about fashion I'm just gonna say it straight out Diana looked gorgeous in this episode. She I mean, she looked, always looks gorgeous. I know, but this, that is her character. <laughs> but Latte herself said she looked awesome. So, and Aku had this like look in her eye, like that. Like even though she had a look of, even though you're my rival, and I disagree with everything. Even I have to admit, you look good in that dress. But I don't think Aku's ever been like like ill-willed or yeah. like said yeah. anything mean about Diana yeah. like yeah. never it's, like, it's always been the, jealousy yeah it's never yeah. been like oh more I hate like her envy, I would say yeah. like envy, envy it's just like oh I have to like I want it, and even more so like you know like the way that a person looks to like someone who motivates them it's like oh like I ha- I want to be as good as Diana like I have to be as good as Diana yeah. like that kind of of like thing it's not so much like diana is my rival and i must be better than her it's more so like this is the person that i aspire to be um kind of situation especially in terms of like her like her schooling and all of that so it's very like she has an admiration for her so yes she had this like yeah it's sort of like this mixture type of relationship um i just say this though if if we had everybody like little witch academia like AU Universe, and would you like their little witch academia own version of Cinderella? I think we found that Wicked Stepsisters. Hannah and Barbara, they like the perfect Wicked <laughs> Stepsisters. I think Finnerland would be like a stepmother. Like, you know who Finnerland is? The uh, the mean teacher. Yeah, yeah, I can oh, see that. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can always <laughs> like see that. Dream. Like, she falls asleep and dreams of Cinderella. Maybe that could be like, they cast them as those roles. See, like, I did we need like Sushi the... to give her a potion. Is what yeah. we need her to I do. did like the you've only got we've only got two hours in these dresses, you guys. Like Yeah. <laughs> it just just me though. Is does Susie kind of resemble maybe something like Morticia Adams or maybe um Elvira? I thought Susie out- was just wearing a cloak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she does but her the way her style, it does seem like a homage to that type of clothing, that type yeah, of yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Of course she would like be a more of an homage to Morticia. That's mm-hmm. still elegant and classy, but there's that little bit of danger and darkness in there. But and okay. sweet look 
Dante looked so adorable. <laughs> yeah. Which, okay, new ship alert. Lotte and Diana, like, that was some, like, Lotte was like, oh my god, Diana, you look amazing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I also, I loved all of the shipping in this episode. That was the best. <laughs> and whenever, what is it, Diana got stung by the bee and, like, fell in love with Akko, I was like, yes, all of our dreams are coming true. Right yeah. Now. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised they went there. Because, you know, the, the minute they, they introduced the Cupid Bee, and they introduced mm-hmm. the party at, 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 uh, at Andrew's, um, Andrew's house. house. <laughs> I forgot his name for a second. So I was just like, okay, I know where this is going to go. He's going to get stung. He's going to, Akko's going to, he's going to see Akko and it's going to, shenanigans are going to ensue. Like, I knew that was going to happen. But in the moment that it turned interesting, the episode became less predictable, became a kind of a subversion in a way was when Diana got stung. And I was just thought, I remember thinking like, oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're going there. Oh my God. And <laughs> We're doing Akko all reacts, of this. And <laughs> she reacts the same episode, way. Aqua reacts the same way when, when, when Andrew says, I love you or I like you. She has that like blue hues, like that horror look on her face. And then when, Akko, when Diana says the same thing, same reaction from Akko. So I'm just like, okay, I see what uh, you're doing. Yeah, I see what um, you're doing, Trigger. I'm on to you. Yeah, only disappointment, though. <laughs> Hannah and Bart were not stunned. We didn't have fall in love with each other because they are so obvious a ship in this show. I would have preferred them getting falling for Diana because that would have been hilarious. Yeah. It just would make train sense. They follow people. her around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a train of people um, not I, falling for each other. I said this, though. Um, Diana, though, when she got stunned by the bee and, and Andrew got stunned by the bee, one comparison, I thought Diana, though, she was very respectful of Akko and her space. I wasn't very cool like Andrew, what he, what he, how he got all in Akko's face and grill, even though he was stunned by the bee. You don't do that. That's not cool. Yeah, that is, that's an interesting point. I didn't, I, now that I think about it, you're right. He was much more like aggressive. He aggressive. was much more, he was much more, you know, kind of the, the more dominant role, like kind of what you expect a guy to be, quote unquote. Where he he will take he'll get what he wants, whereas with Diana she was just she just went on to being shy like ah I like you what do you stop it and runs away which is funny maybe that's like how their relationship styles are defined too like because each each person had sort of a different like reaction I guess in terms of like whenever they fell in love with something because their reactions were very different with Akko. And so it's kind of like, oh, so when, like, Andrew's in love, he's very aggressive, and it's one of those, which says a lot about, like, his upbringing and stuff like that with his father, which I guess we kind of touched on his daddy issues. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but, but then, like, in terms of, like, Diana, maybe she's more, like, reserved, and so she's very, like, accepting, like, oh, okay, like, you know, this is like it just it just kind of like plays into that, I guess, like their personalities where Diana was more shy and Andrew was much more aggressive because he's used to getting what he wants kind of thing. So totally, totally. You have to wonder, though, when Akko saw Andrew and Diana together just before like the whole thing happened to be stunned, definitely was jealous. But who was she jealous of? Was she jealous of Andrew, Diana or both? Because I think probably maybe both. You want to. I don't know that I got jealousy out of her. She was just like, oh, like, they look so nice together kind of thing. Like, that's kind of oh, more how I interpreted well, it. Really? Actually, no. She said, she said, um, in Japanese, she said, 
they work great together because they both have such nasty personalities. In the dub, she says, even snobs need lo- can, need love too or something. I don't remember I, that. I did think she was jealous. And, you know, like up to this point, from everything we've seen so far, from Akko's point of view, I still don't think she either has feelings that way to Diana or realizes she has feelings that way. I think she realizes but won't admit that she has feelings for Andrew. But I, but when it comes to Diana, it's a lot more like, I don't even think she notices at this point. But like, Diana and Andrew are totally like bros. They're just like, sup, <laughs> sup. And they're then everyone like, else is like, ooh, look, they're talking. Whereas I, I, they're just like, no, it, there's like no like I, the, we're like, socially obligated. <laughs> I do think though they would be perfect like couple to be like arranged marriage in terms of being forced to be married because because you gotta admit one thing they would have very beautiful children That's true. together. That's yeah, true. <laughs> I don't but, think they'll ever end up together though because uh, Andrew's dad hates magic and Diana's family is obviously a family of witches. But he left. At the party, she let Diana be at the party and her friends. She yeah, but I think that's more so like a a social obligation versus yeah. like a like oh like I, I you know respect you kind of thing. Because they even say like you know oh well they're both sort of like 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 royalty kind of thing. They're very noble families, and so it makes sense that like noble families would extend like an olive branch kind of thing. And so maybe he felt more obligated to invite diana to this party versus like you know oh i want her, i want diana to be with my son kind of thing so to, yeah i have to get andrew though credit though at the party at least to diana he's a lot less rude than he was last time so he's improved a little bit so i think it's because he was in that very social yeah. setting though amongst all of like family friends and things like that oh, i think oh yeah since the last podcast i've been waiting to ask you beatrice this question after this episode, what do you think of Frank? Improvement? I, no, Frank? I, I like Frank. And look, last episode, like, look, last podcast, <laughs> it came off wrong. I never said I didn't like Frank. I thought he was fine. Is he a li- was he a little bit, like, thin as a character in terms of characterization? Yes. But what I was trying to say was that I was not expecting Andrew to be as complex as he was. I was expecting him to be as slightly, a, a little bit more simple, like the way Andrew, uh... Frank was portrayed. And in this episode, like, he just, he's just a little spicy. He's a great guy. Like, he's, like, I love that they gave Lotte a harem. Like, I adore that. I'm just like, <laughs> give her all the harems. Like, I want her to just be happy. But <laughs> We just want Lotte to, let Lotte be happy, please. Exactly. Like, <laughs> That's all we want out of this show. show. <laughs> exactly. But I like that. I like that even after, like, the bee's magic wore off, that Frank was very much, like, into Lotte. And I appreciated that she was just like, oh, well, I just, like, chalked it up to that. And I don't want to lead him on. So we're going to get, like, coffee or whatever it was that she said that they were going to do. And I was like, oh, look at you, girl. Like, you're being, like, you're being fair, but you're also giving him a chance. And that's nice. Like, Yeah, it was very (laughs) mature. I was like, good Mm -hmm. on you. Because, like, I was not mature at that age. I was like, wow, you have a very good understanding of human relations and you're actually like congratulations i would have taken him for a ride like and <laughs> said yeah buy me buy me dinner like let's go <laughs> see but like that's why she deserves all the happiness in the world 
Like Lotta just like she's just a good person that needs yeah, good things to happen to. Yep. I just want Lotte and Frank to end up together at the end of this. Basically. Yeah, way Lotte proposed this relationship at the end. Definitely sends a good message to kids out there. I see this episode that, you know, you don't have to rush into a relationship. You can just. Yeah. Take, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally true. All right. So continuing with like the surprising elements of this episode, they did show of diverse, like diverse types. Is that the, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm not using proper grammar, but I'm tired. <laughs> um, so they use a lot of, they show a lot of different types of relationships. Like when the Cupid bee went on a spree, I was yeah. like, okay, this is the moment. They're going to show all these things. And they actually like went out of their way to, in, in a kind of in a Steven Universe type of move, I would say, they started showing, they showed a gay couple, they showed a straight couple, they showed all types of couples. I think for me, the biggest attractor of this episode, the biggest thing that bothered me was that while I appreciate how great it was for them to take that step forward, them showing the woman and the dog straight after the gay (laughs) relationship for me was like a stab on the back. Seriously, this is like, I'm kind of going to bring the podcast down a little bit, but I was just like, like, was that joke really worth it? Really? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to take like this step and then like, yeah, it's like a slap in the face. It's like, you're really going to imply bestiality right after you show LGBT, like, well, at this, in this case, G, gay couples, like, really, that's what you're going to do? Like, I was like, yeah, no, don't do that. Why you do this? (laughs) Why just the dog at the party anyway? Exactly. Who let and that just, dog in? It's like a something you want to see out of a movie like The Naked Gun. It made no sense. It really rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, this is why this episode, it should be high on my list, but it's not. Because this thing just stood out so much. And when, the, the, when I saw it the first time, I was so appalled. I was so hurt. I was like, oh, okay. Really? You're going to connect these things just like a homophobe would do? Like, you're like trying to be home, uh, like homosexually friendly, but then you ended up being homophobic. Like, really, thank you, Trigger. Great job. Like, it wasn't to the point. Like, it wasn't to the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna drop this series. But it was kind of like that, like kind of a backhanded. It was just enough to kind of like be a slap in the face kind of thing. Totally. So. And I just, I don't know. I just, it really bugged me. I asked people. I was like, oh, am I overreacting to this? And every single person I asked was like, no, you have the right to be angry. Like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. So I, I'm wondering, what did you guys think? But one of the, the the actual attempt at diversity and what did you think of that moment in particular? I, I, I was going to say, I appreciated that, but I, I feel like, um, you know, and whenever, you know, you're already sort of introducing like that, um, like gay relationship, you know, because they had, they did have, uh, remind me, was this, was that before or after Diana w- got stung and fell in love with Akko? Cause I, I honestly after. can't remember. It was after. It was near yeah, the end. So, yeah. So I felt, I like it. I mean, I really appreciated it and I'm glad that they included it. Um, it's especially because, um, <clears throat> you know, you already sort of introduced that with, uh, Diana, Falling in love with Akko, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but then, like, I don't know. It, it just felt like it was a joke that was made in poor taste, especially given, like, what, what everything that's going on currently and stuff like that. I, I was just kind of like, um, I mean, 
you could have left that out and I would have been okay. Like, you know, like I would have been better. So I, I mean, I don't know. I was just, I had mixed feelings on it. (laughs) Steve, what about you? Yeah. I thought it was really a joke that didn't really land, but maybe I'm a little more, I I say, forgive him a little, give a little more benefit out because these are Japanese writers opposed to Western writers. Cause I can't really get inside the head and Japan very progressive. So I, I, so I give them benefit of the doubt that maybe they just thought, you know, you know, gay people. They didn't have they it, ill intentions they with like, it. Yeah, they thought like, you know, seeing like a gay couples like there, like seeing, you know, members of the same sex making out. No big deal to us. It's not really a joke. It's nothing, no big deal. So let's do like maybe a little joke that, that you know, might, that might be the equivalent of, you know, of you know, gay people being a joke in Western society. Um, that's the thing, though. If this was a Western cartoon, I would be much more furious because they should much more furious. But since this is an anime, I really don't understand the culture that much as much as I should. I'm not in Japan. I don't. I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah, what I'm saying. Hard, yeah, it's hard to put myself in their shoes right, because right. you've not ever been in their shoes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be more offended if this was like happened on like Steven Universe or Star or just, but uh, yeah, it's still yeah, it was terrible. It was not a good idea. Um, and like I said, I will, I don't look at the show through rose-colored glasses. When it does something bad, does something wrong, does something that's not I don't agree with, I'm gonna call them on it. Yeah, yeah, which is like I feel like a lot of people. Um, tend to take criticism as like a complete attack on a show, and I'm just I, I I like I like when someone can look at something and still like it, even though it at times can be problematic. Because that's yes. fine. Nothing is cu- like perfect or like a hundred percent does everything right, you know. So yeah, good on you for that. And are there any sort of thoughts you have on episode ten that we haven't talked about? Any particular like like for instance, like I adore. The, the shoujo is how I call it. The shoujo eyes. Like, the whole, like... Because it's, oh, like, a very yeah. specific style. I, and it's just, I really enjoyed that, like, switching animation kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. or switching style. I thought it was very, like... Like, it made me laugh out loud the first time that it happened. I was like, <laughs> look at that. Like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, like, yeah. the, the, the... What is it? The light bubbles or whatever. <laughs> totally, totally. The deeper voice when it was... Uh-huh. <laughs> when it was Diana, like just calling Diana, just like that deep, like it's the husky voice. Yeah, the like. husky, like Diana, like, <laughs> all for it. I thought it's very well done. I thought, yeah, very creative. Um, one part though, what did feel uncomfortable was for a few seconds, Andrew's dad was a pedophile. That, that mm, yeah, almost as, it's almost as bad as the late lady in a dog. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, I ch- I chose to block that out of my memory, honestly, because. But I love. Yeah. I just I just love Sojo Ako. I, I love Sojo Ako. She was very cute, and I just love the homage to these that type of anime style. And I think it could be a candidate to is for the to the view that Dylan uses for this on the website for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> just knowing him, just knowing the type the way he thinks. All right, so let's conclude this episode with one final question. What do you guys hope to see going forward? What do you 
wish in terms of like the direction of the show, do you want more episodes like this, like Slice of, Slice of Life? Do you want more plot-based things? Do you want more characters? Which characters do you want to get to know more? Let's start with April. I like these very, like, fun Slice of Life kind of episodes. I think they're really enjoyable. Um, you know, like I, I've said, I said earlier, I really enjoy, like, seeing the three, like, in a, in a misadventure is what I'm going to call them. Um it's very, it's very nice. Um, you know, I like plot, like plot heavy episodes too, but I think like they should be like in between or like sprinkled into like the fun. So I, I hope for more fun episodes. I really enjoyed these last three. I mean, I know we all, ha- we have mixed feelings about episode nine, but like I really enjoyed, especially like, like, uh, like Akko's adventure and Susie and Be Affection. So I want, I want more of that. So, and I want to ship more. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that that one. I, I mean, knowing us, like we will pick out anything. Like I've already have like ten new ships just from All of like the, ships. the affection alone. <laughs> All of the ships, but most importantly, Lotte being yes. happy. So, Steve, what did you think? What do you What do you expect from from the show going oh, my- forward now? And again, be careful yeah, how you answer because I know that you, we, you and I know where this is going. I'm careful. Don't oh, worry. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm. My immediate reaction after seeing this episode, episode ten, was I want to see where this latte Frank thing goes. Um, yes. Let's see. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like Frank drags Andrew to Luna Nova to visit Lotte and you know try to develop a relationship with her. <laughs> um, I do say this. Will there? plot or just slice of life i don't really doesn't matter but i want two things i want a diana centric episode and a ursula episode they need some focus here i mean the principal got an episode already why can't (laughs) diana and ursula we can't we can't have ursula because she's shiny chariot and if we get an ursula episode then we'll know it's shiny chariot (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um, i i feel like trigger just knows like they made a very specific choice going like look beatrice loves chariot she loves she loves ursula her heart can't take it if we do an episode focusing on (laughs) ursula so we have to push that off (laughs) like at this point i was like dying i was just like where's the ursula episode give me the ursula episode we're all like it's already episode like (laughs) 10 and we still haven't gotten ursula are you kidding me so I completely agree with you, Steve. I we need a Diane episode. We need an Ursula episode. Bad enough, they they kind of teased us. Episode six, it looked like Diane was going to be a Diane is going to be a big focus of the episode, and she just like halfway through just disappeared. So they have trolled us before, and that's even more frustrating than just not giving us Diane episode at all. Is teasing us. Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know you can there there are little ways to do it where they could have just given us just like a two second frame of diana doing something that could have resolved that tease so like i agree with you that just the sake of her just dropping out of the face of the earth that episode i still haven't like completely come to terms with because i don't think they should have handled it that way but for me i up to this point i had hoped that they either if they were going to go into plot that they start because they were already like okay knowing that we were only going to get 13, knowing that there were going to be 25 in total. I was like, how are they going to do this? Like, they've already set the world. Like, let's go. Let's get this plot going. Or if they were going to stick with a slice of life, I wanted them to keep this quality. 
That was my main thing because they've been pretty inconsistent so far when it comes to quality of episodes. So all I asked was consistency and if there was some plot to get it going because I was I feared that they were going to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least like we know that there's like we have a lot more episodes. So I I guess like whenever I say like, oh, I like more slice of life kind of things like. I, I say that because I know we have a lot of episodes to come still. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost halfway through the season. And so I'm, I, I would be okay with, like, I'm okay saying I want those episodes because I enjoy those. So totally, totally. no, totally. Like I, I was the same way for me. It was more just like, I'd rather have all slice of life and no plot than a balance of the two. If that makes sense. Like I want, because I, I don't know. I'm very much like, commit if you're gonna do one do it don't just like go oh we want the best of both worlds it's like no i want all of one or all of well especially especially if like your your plot in like involves i say character development so like you get character development out of slice of life episodes and so if you're going to if your plot is going to be um you know having to involve that then you should establish what your characters are so that you can then have your plot if that makes sense totally yeah yeah that makes perfect sense but yeah all right so you can find out more find out all the information on this podcast at overlyanimated.com support us via patreon at patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to all our current patrons especially our patron of the podcast phoenician aka fusion and thanks, as always, to our Patreon Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. And where can people find you guys outside of the pod? Uh, I've said it in another podcast, but you can always find me on Twitter if you need a bit of randomness in your life. Um, I'm at just at fourth month, exactly as it is. Uh, I know, super creative. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> and Steve, where can people find you outside of the podcast? You can find me at on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook is Steven Zek. On Twitter, hashtag Steven dot dash Zek. And on Tumblr, you can find me as Steve the Enemy Man. And if you guys want to add a face to my lovely voice, you can find me on YouTube at the Be Real Movie Channel. Warning, my face. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.